Welcome to the Michael Teo Football Show. My name is Miles. The Arizona Cardinals cannot capitalize on a great opportunity to take the reins of the number one NFC seed. Instead, they fall to third. Third in the NFC, below Green Bay, below Tampa Bay, below the Bays. And now they're only one game up on the Los Angeles Rams, winners of this game. The Rams' defensive line took over this game. That's why you pay all those guys, I guess. The first play of the game, Aaron Donald shoves the Cardinal guard back into Kyler Murray for a sack that looked like it was a you know, a user sack on, on easy mode on Madden or something. One of those created players, Blubba. We used to create a player named Blubba, 415 pounds, 7 foot, 99 speed. He would have like 40 sacks in a season. <laughs> And the first, the first play was Aaron Donald sack, and the last play was an Aaron Donald sack. Kyler Murray, the Cardinals, trying to scramble. Uh, they were down ten. They kicked a field goal. They got the ball. They got the onside kick. They kind of had a, hopefully, setting up a hail mary situation. They're moving backwards, and Kyler should have spiked. Looks like the line thought he was going to spike. Instead, Kyler didn't spike. While the uh, Rams, Von Miller. Hall of Fame outside linebacker bared down on Kyler Murray, maybe the greatest outside linebacker of our generation. Kyler Murray escapes him, and then he's met with another Hall of Famer, maybe the greatest defensive player of our generation, Aaron Donald. And Aaron Donald makes a sack. He had a sack in the middle there. Three sacks today for Donald. All this while our generation's edge rusher, J.J. Watt, watches on the sideline with a Gatorade cup of sunflower seeds for the Cardinals. So a lot of, a lot of defensive uh, star power for our generation in the Arizona Dome tonight. Matt Stafford, 287 yards, three touchdowns, getting it done. The Rams, good work in the run game today with uh, with Sony Michelle. And they, this is just such an important win for the Rams. You know, just for, for, for guys like me, narrative guys. <laughs> You know, and uh, and just all everybody out there in the in the media verse, kind of talking about McVeigh's September October splits versus you know November December splits. You know, and the implication being this guy's soft. It gets worse as the as the year goes on. But uh, this was a big win. This was a big win to to keep the NFC West alive and create chaos in the NFC, which I love. I was rooting for that. <laughs> Uh, for the Cardinals, James Conner, 126 yards, two touchdowns. A.J. Green, seven catches, 102 yards. The Rams, Odell Beckham, six catches, 77 yards, one touchdown. Never give up on a fantasy name, folks. <laughs> Never give up on a fantasy name. Oh, some some fun stuff on the career um, receiving yards board. The all-time receiving yards leaders. A.J. Green went over 10,000 yards in this game right before the half, up to 48th all-time. DeAndre Hopkins, of course, was already above that. He's at like 10,600-something. He moved above Keyshawn Johnson uh, in this game up to 41st all-time. 
So we had two two of the top fifty uh, moving up uh, in this game, and Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, he's a little bit down there, but he moved up over Dwayne Bow, over Antonio Freeman, over T.J. Husmanzada for 133rd all time. He's got a ways to go, but Green, Hopkins, Beckham moving up the receiving leaderboards. Yes, this is the type of thing I'm just refreshing as I'm watching the game. How how you doing? How you doing on the all time leaderboards? <laughs> of course. I mean, I, I talk about Green, talk about Hopkins, talk about Beckham, it, you know, and it's 2021. I got to mention Cooper Cup. He's not not in the top 250, um, you know, all-time career receiving yards leaders, but he is leading the NFL this year. Uh, he's got uh, almost 1,500 yards with four games to go. Now, of course, there is the extra game. There is the extra game. So he's going to get 17 games where every other player uh, in the last 40 years got 16 games, but he, uh, Cup, giving him the 17th game is on pace for 1,960 receiving yards. The record is 1,964, 2012 Calvin Johnson. So if he gets in the 17th game, it won't, it will not mean that he had a better year in Calvin Johnson than Calvin Johnson. I will defend that to the hilt, but it will be the, it'll be the record. It'll be the stat. I mean, what are we going to do? Asterisk everybody. It's not Roger Maris, not Roger Maris, Babe Ruth type stuff. So if Cooper Cup gets it, he gets it. A lot of history stuff going on in this game. I see that graphic. Andrew Whitworth, Rams left tackle. First player to start a game at age 40 at left tackle. Had his birthday yesterday. That's a heck of an accomplishment. And I was surprised, too, because I was like, don't don't all these old grizzled tanks, these left guards just kind of go forever, you know, thinking of Jason Peters, who's 39 right now. Turns out Peters and Whitworth are sort of an outlier. Walter Jones, Jonathan Odgin, Orlando Pace. Those guys, those guys retired at like 33, 33 or 34. Whitworth reminds me of Gary Zimmerman. Gary Zimmerman, left tackle for the Vikings, was really good for like eight years with the Vikings, all pros. And then he goes to Denver and he just has this five-year success with Denver, with John Elway. Would love to see Whitworth go out that because that's kind of his career path. He was with Cincinnati for 11 years, and now he's had five years with the Rams, all the McVay years, all the whole McVay thing. So Whitworth hoping to pull a Zimmerman and go out with the Super Bowl like Zimmerman did in 97. All right, Muckle Teal Football Show, episode 35. The show is football everything, NFL history, legacy, the ups and downs of a season, sprinklings of fantasy football. Follow us at M-U-K underscore football on Twitter at M-U-K underscore football. Uh, Subscribe, share, review on Apple, Spotify, Anchor, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, We have shows Monday after Monday Night Football and Thursday after Thursday Night Football. And we had a wild week 14. We started with the Vikings holding on. It was just kind of a roller coaster week 14, I should say. Uh, the Vikings holding on, and they 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 stoved off, staved off, whatever the past tense. Uh, a, a furious Steelers comeback and ended up winning. And then we kind of saw that game like four more times. The Cowboys almost imploded versus the Washington football team, but they won. The Buccaneers holding on to dear life against Buffalo. Buffalo forces an overtime, but the Buccaneers won. 49ers they had to fight back after the Bengals they were dominating the Bengals and the Bengals came back forcing overtime and the 49ers won and then the Browns almost went full Browns they gave up a huge lead needing to make a stop after an onside kick to the Ravens backup quarterback and they did so kind of the same same thing you know the the team that dominated the first half 
gives up the gives up the game almost, but still wins five times this this week. And it's just such a game of inches too. Some of those comebacks could have happened and they would have been legendary. The Bengals, especially the Bengals, I believe it was Jesse Bates safety. Uh, God, if he just catches that pick six that Jimmy Jimmy uh, Garoppolo threw right before the end of regulation, I mean the game's over. Uh, but he just can't get his hands on it. Just can't. Uh, I mean, it, he was in stride. It was an easier catch than than some of them I've seen. Um, and then Josh Allen. I mean, he almost won that game. He was just right on the sideline, diving to the pylon, and you know he stepped out at the eight. And ultimately, ultimately didn't uh, didn't get it. Got a field goal, and then they lost in overtime. So this it really is a game of inchy, inches, uh, and it's also a game of attrition. And that's this episode's theme: that just quarterback injuries suck. They suck. They they sit. They shift the integrity of of everything we've done. I mean, nobody want. Okay, so say you know Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, they're gone. Their team's records don't matter now. I mean, we're going to people who need the NFL to, you know, for their livelihood are still going to sell it, you know, and they're going to try and make, you know, make you like Tyler Huntley or Mitch Trubisky or Jordan Love. They're going to they're going to try, but it's not the same. So it just it just sucks. And it, and it shifts the integrity of the playoffs. And I hate that. And the playoffs are sacred to me. Uh, so let's let's check in on these three big quarterback injuries that happened this week. Apologies to Taylor Heineke, but. You're not one of them. Uh, Josh Allen, Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen. I I was certainly one of those wondering after the wind game, uh, which Buffalo lost to New England, and they refused to adjust on multiple different things. They refused to adjust on defense, but they also refused to run Josh Allen. And so we were just wondering, like, why, why aren't they running the ball with Josh Allen? Well, this week, they ran Josh Allen to a comeback to a comeback that came up just short against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Josh Allen, 308 yards passing, 109 yards rushing in the overtime loss. And he comes away with the injury. It was a, it was early in the fourth quarter. Uh, initially reported, at least the Sunday night, reported as turf toe. Now they're saying it's a foot sprain. Teams are liars, um, so we don't know. And it's not like it's deliberate lie. It's like there's just some unenforceable chains of command. Like Josh Allen could say turf toe, and then he could also say foot sprain, and the the person who's supposed to talk to the media could just now they have plausible deniability. They you know now they have plausible. And he did say foot sprain. Oh, did he also say turf toe? I didn't know that. Did you know that? Were you listening on our personal conversations? No. It's like there's plausible deniability all over the place. This is a rant that I could go on for like twenty minutes. I'm not going to go go on to it, but they're saying there's a quote, a chance for Josh Allen to suit up versus Carolina. The Bills are in a tailspin. You got to give him his toughness. Played on that, but he was saying there's no way I was going to go out, but I am worried, especially because the some of the initial reports were turf toe, and I'm just really worried. Um, so we will see. Baltimore quarterback Lamar Jackson largely escaped injury uh, for much of his career. Um, it, it's kind of be interesting to see what a what a – uh, a significantly hurt Lamar looks like. I'm not going to pretend like all these guys aren't, you know, breaking stuff and and playing through things that none of us would ever play through, or even do our office jobs through. Uh, you know, this this game is brutal. I just I constantly, constantly have to to remind myself, you know, what it, the human toll for some of this is. But God, the Ravens are just decimated by injuries. It is it is so bad, and I don't know what's going to happen, Lamar Jackson. Actually, you know, decimate 
technically means to remove 10%. That's what decimate means. I think that actually might be a low percentage based on all the running backs and defensive backs that the Ravens have lost. And uh, they're saying ankle sprain. They're saying good news, not a high ankle sprain. Um, Tyler Huntley came in and and Jackson did not come back. Didn't seem like he was going to go back. You know, I'm really curious to see what this will be like. Uh, You know, I hope he gets back out there. I hope he's the hope is himself. But I'm also kind of interested. We've seen some mobile quarterbacks actually do better in the pocket when forced to, you know, and I I think Lamar has that kind of ability. Um, And there's good weapons in the receiving core for Baltimore that are that aren't being utilized as much. You got Hollywood Brown, you got Rashad Bateman, you got Mark Andrews, you got Sammy Watkins. So I'll be curious to see what what happens here. Allen and Jackson, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, both day to day. It's a meaningless statement. That is the very nature of linear time. And I know, I know some people say that it means day to day as in not week to week as, as in being evaluated every day. I know, but it's my funny thing that I like to say day to day is the very nature of linear time. And the last one is Aaron Rodgers. The Rodgers toe that we have been hearing about doesn't seem to, to match what we're seeing on the field or his production. I mean, he, he has been absolutely uh, on fire. He's he's competing for the MVP with Tom Brady. He uh, three games in a row with 300 yards, 10 touchdowns, zero interceptions. And yet we get grimmer and grimmer news about the toe needing surgery. I've had a setback. I'm fighting through the pain. It's bad. I'm going to need surgery. Is he messing with us? I don't know. He might be messing with us. One thing I do notice is that all the articles say Rogers says Rogers claims, according to Rogers, like there's, we're not feeling super trustworthy of Mr. I'm immunized uh, lately, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. Rogers is a, is a tough quarterback. I mean, he plays in Lambo for crying out loud. I'm surprised those toes haven't frozen off for every player. Of course, the field is heated. Lambo field is heated underneath it. No more frozen tundra, but Sunday night Packers versus Ravens NBC really sending a lot of a lot of medications or doctors over to to Baltimore and Green Bay to help Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson get healthy, you know, and and plus I I want I really want both these players to play because it's a matchup that unless it's the Super Bowl will never happen again. We'll never see, you know, Baltimore Lamar versus Green Bay Rodgers uh, at least ever again so i'm really hoping and the news from yes from last night to this night has trended positive for all three so we'll see if i'm just whining for nothing all right let's do winners and losers of week 14 winner of the day and we're going to focus a little bit on the defensive side of the ball to start the winner section we do we talk a lot of quarterbacks we talk a lot of receivers we talk a lot of running backs but going to give two winners out to two good defenses and some some aspects of the defense Dallas Cowboys defense and Micah Parsons while while Dallas's offense has been struggling especially in the second halves of the last two games Dak Prescott uh, Dallas's football defense was just pounding the Washington football offense all game I mean and, and it, where they've got their they've got their guys back Demarcus Lawrence Randy Gregory I think was in there Micah Parsons is is escalating from defensive rookie of the year to potentially defensive player of the year (laughs) 
You know, it's it's pretty interesting. And yeah, Washington football team made a comeback, but it wasn't the defense's fault. I mean, part of it was a pick six by Dak. So um yeah, Micah Parsons is the big, big headline. He's gaining a statistical and production edge on defensive player of the year, even on even on Brown's uh, defensive end, Miles Garrett. You know, it's not fair, but the rest of the defense matters for defensive player of the year. And, you know, defense, you're only as good as your worst player on defense, so it shouldn't, but it does. And Dallas is producing great performances this week, last Thursday against New Orleans, while Cleveland really isn't and michael parsons also has the benefit of doing something that just hasn't been done just doesn't make sense he played outside linebacker in college largely off the ball at penn state he was drafted this year early at mid first round now he's an elite edge rusher <laughs> you know, it's just just that doesn't happen it's weird cbs has a cool article about uh, michael parsons pressure rate uh, versus other rookie edge rusher phenoms, which, by the way, Michael Parsons was an outside linebacker. He's been pulled into edge rushing largely because of injuries to Lawrence and Gregory, who are both back. Um, but Parsons' pressure rate, 21.5%. He pressures the quarterback on 21.5% of the uh, snaps that he rushes the passer. That's incredible. And they they put into perspective with, uh, with other... Um, good rookies that that were rushing the passer 2019 nick bosa 2016 joey bosa 2011 vaughn miller they're all in the 14 to 16 percent range so parsons is is on a on a pace that we just haven't seen as far as when he rushes the when he rushes the passer he's getting pressure chiefs defense another winner of the day the offense you know hey mahomes you know kelsey edward solaire the offense put up some video game numbers again. We'll talk about them when they do it against somebody, not the Raiders, because that they haven't in the last uh, few weeks. So like I said about the Patriots uh, early in the year, maybe we will talk about them. Maybe we will, but not right now. I'm not going to not going to talk about it after just two 40 burgers on the Raiders and, and surrounded by like seven lackluster games. The winner is the Chiefs defense. And and another just confounding thing. A lot of different things happening here. They they were we were talking about them um, in early October as one of the worst in NFL history. In the first five to six weeks, the Chiefs' defense was was a disaster, an implosion, potentially uh, potentially one of the worst defenses in NFL history. And now lately, they're looking like one of the NFL's best defenses. I mean that. That I know defense has a lot of variance, but that is a lot. I mean, what the hell is going on? And, and it, there's a few, there's a, quite a few factors. A lot of them really highly publicized. The biggest one that is being talked about is the superstar defensive tackle Chris Jones is back inside where he belongs uh, after the acquisition of Melvin Ingram uh, from the Steelers pass rushing. So they've, they've kind of doubled up on two great spots on the defensive line. They've, they've got Chris Jones back to where he's elite. They got Melvin Ingram performing really well after that trade, rushing the passer. You know, I I know what they were doing. They were well, they were trying to do the 2020 Rams, where Aaron Donald went to the edge, but uh, quite often. But Chris Jones hasn't shown that he can do that. He's elite in the middle and not elite on the edge. I mean, or at least they're they're missing too much uh, in the middle from him. So he's back there. That's the biggest thing that people point to. There's also 
you know, there's just some personnel. Thornhill moved up to starter. Willie Gay Jr. off injured reserve has been a hit. You know, they got two great safeties with Thornhill and Tyron Matthew. Defense just takes a lot of guys, just takes a lot of guys. That's why injuries just define the seasons. And in addition to all that, and some some coaching moves, some players who came back, some players who were traded for, who are just playing better, some players who just improved because of the other players improving around them. In addition to that, their early matchups were super difficult. Now we look back on it, and they and the Chiefs played the healthy versions of of the Browns, the Chargers, the Ravens, and the Bills. The healthy Browns, the healthy Chargers, the healthy Ravens. Well, at least the healthy Lamar and 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 the healthy Bills. And they've also played a healthy Derrick Henry. So they, they just haven't been facing those kind of matchups lately. It's kind of almost the opposite. Now they're facing Jordan Love and you know, and the Giants and Teddy Bridgewater and Derek Carr in, in a full tailspin now. So, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot of different combinations, but all this combined helps explain what's going on, this drastic shift. The, the real answer is probably somewhere in the middle going to be really interesting to see what Kansas City does going forward. Winner of the day, George Kittle, Jimmy Garoppolo, the 49ers, they they the Bengals they roared back. Joe Joe roared. <laughs> hey, Bengals roar. Uh Joe Burrow, he brought them back some really impressive drives to tie. Big plays, highlight plays, Jamar Chase, T Higgins. Uh but Garoppolo, I mean, it seemed like it seemed like Burrow was going to have a moment and Garoppolo. He, he played spoiler. He made the throws he needed to, to George Kittle, you know, and George Kittle turned in another big game. He he's back two weeks ago. Kittle had 425 receiving yards on the year. And now he's added 332 receiving yards in the last two games. So almost doubled his receiving yardage total against the Seahawks and the Bengals. He, he was absolutely fantastic. Took over that game. So did Garoppolo. They deserve credit. Um, Justin Herbert, winner of the day. I mean, the hotness had come off of Justin Herbert. We've been all frustrated about the dink and dunk offense with Joe Lombardi, but now Jalen Guyton's in the in the mix. He's getting deep. Mike Williams is getting deep, and Herbert got to make one of the throws of the year. You know, NFL.com says, this is the throw of the year, and I press and I'm like, oh, okay, click, and uh, it was. <laughs> it really was. Um, I mean, it, I can't imagine what it was like to see that Justin Herbert uh, bomb touchdown to Jalen Guyton uh, live. I, I just can't. I mean, what, what we need is to make it more impressive is to get get like a staffer or somebody to go to that same part of the field and throw the football as far as they can throw it. So we can... <laughs> So we can just get perspective. This is like, um, I think it was Norm McDonald. I, I, I have to remember, but somebody's, maybe it was Robin Williams. Someone said every Olympic event should just have a regular, you know, a regular guy doesn't even work out, do the event as well. So we can just have some perspective <laughs> of what these people are doing, running their 100-yard dashes, 400-yard dashes, long jumps and stuff. That's what we need on NFL.com. And get, get working on it. The advanced analytics you know the advanced uh, metrics. The, the we need those. We need the 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 uh, throw above regular. You know the uh, the T A R T A R G the targ throw above regular guy. This is important. Get on get on the targ. <laughs> uh, winner of the day, Cortland Sutton, the Broncos for their. I mean this 
they had a lot of great tributes to Demarius Thomas, a tragedy, 33 years old. You know, they, they took that delay a game to begin the game. Um, Dan Campbell, uh, the Lions coach, declined the penalty. There, are th- I just like to see that because there are things just bigger than football, certainly much bigger than 10 yards. You know, I, I, just kind of chuckling to myself, what percentage of coaches accept that penalty? Does Belichick decline it? I don't know. Does Urban Meyer, Joe Judge, they, I, I, it's probably agreed on beforehand, but it was really cool to see them do something, you know, in the stat book. They did that for Sean Taylor as well, I believe. Um, just something that's in the stat book and goes down in history that that the players try to try to demonstrate something or or, or make uh, some sort of uh, uh, comment on on the tragedy. So uh, losers of the day. Well, actually, I don't know the Browns. I I don't know if they're losers of the day. I don't, I don't know if they're winners of the day. This is the, this is the uh, purgatory of the day. They won. They gained a game on Baltimore, but are, are they winners? Are they losers? I mean, they barely held off the Tyler Huntley Ravens because Lamar Jackson got hurt. And uh, I mean, the backup quarterback, I mean, outplayed Baker. I mean, they definitely scored enough uh, enough offense to beat uh, Baker Mayfield, but uh, but Cleveland's defense took up. I mean, hey. And and to be fair, that is part of the appeal of Cleveland. So you know we they invested a lot in that defense. You know that Miles Garrett is a number one overall pick as well, right with Baker Mayfield. So Miles Garrett is one of those guys who's supposed to be changing the games with a strip sack, fumble, return for a touchdown. And Denzel Ward, he made the uh, the final tackle on the fourth down after Ravens uh, recovered the onside kick, and Browns fans were horrified. <laughs> uh, Denzel Ward, he makes the fourth down tackle because uh, remember he was he was what fourth overall uh, in the 2018 draft uh, after Mayfield, Barkley, Darnold. It was it was Denzel Ward. So Ward makes that game winning play, blows up the slant on that final fourth down near midfield um, to win it for the Browns. So they did invest a lot of that defense. See if the Browns defense can step up because Cincinnati lost. They beat Baltimore. The AFC North is uh, is interesting. Boy, wh- how crazy would it be if Pittsburgh had completed that comeback against Minnesota? We would just be losing our minds right now about the AFC North. We've got a lot of, lot of interesting and fun uh, stuff going on in the last four games uh, of this NFL season. Loser of the day, well, the Bears fans. Bears fans are in hell. Darren Rodgers' meme is all over the place. He shouted, I still own you. Everybody's proving mathematically that it's true. It's all over the internet. You know, the bear and it's on Sunday night football. The Bears are like, oh, don't put us on Sunday night football. The graphics are there. He does own them. He does own them. You know. And the Bears made it fun. You know, with Justin Fields had big plays to Jakeem Brandt, Demir Bird. Uh Jakeem Grant returned a punt. You know, the Bears, they were scoring points, but ultimately they just gave way to Rodgers, you know, 341 yards, four touchdowns. Bears Packers. I mean, it's a great rivalry, but it is a little one-sided lately. Uh, actually a hundred years, 1921 was the first game and it takes, it takes a lot to move the needle on a 100 year rivalry, hundred years, 202 games between the Packers and the bears. But the last 30 years have just not been kind to Chicago. Favre was 22 and eight versus the bears. Rogers is now 22 and five versus the bears. I mean, 44 wins, 13 losses. It just has not been fun to be a Bears fan. And really, it shows how much the Bears owned this rivalry for 70 years because the total record is still pretty close, 102 
to to 94 in favor of Green Bay. And the only postseason Bears-Packers, not to just ramble on about the Bears-Packers rivalry, but they've only met twice in the playoffs, which I found to be interesting. I remember the NFC title game when Rodgers beat them um, uh, to go to his Super Bowl victory. I don't remember the Bears 1941 playoff victory at Wrigley Field, which was I went into pro football reference and I was like, wow, 1941 is the is the only other time the Bears Packers played a playoff game. It was December 14th, 1941. That's just seven days after Pearl Harbor and the Bears beat the Packers in the playoffs. Bears would go on to win the NFL title over Steve Owens Giants. I called him George Owen. Couple podcasts go. Just wanted to get him in there. Steve Owens, Giants. All right, Bears fans are in hell. Bills fans are in hell. Buffalo Bills fans are in hell. If Rodgers owns the Bears at twenty-two and five, Brady owns the Bills. He's thirty-three and three. <laughs> thirty-three and three against the Bills. Bills fans, life is not fair. You lose to New England week thirteen. Now you lose to Tom Brady in week fourteen. This was supposed to be Buffalo's rising, their glorious Josh Allen middle finger to the NFL, and the, finally beating the Patriots, finally beating Brady, and now they're losing to those guys still in the moment. It's supposed to be their moment. The Bucks collapsed. Josh Allen was a hero, bringing them back, but from 24-3 to tied 27-27, and Josh Allen made, it, made a great case uh, for... Uh, for his, you know, I'm not gonna say MVP, but he definitely is playing really well and deserves all the credit in the world. They they just lost. Brady threw a touchdown to Brashad Perryman in overtime. Life's not fair. Life's not fair. Perryman, the 89th player to catch a touchdown from Tom Brady. Ugh. Losers, Raiders, obvious reasons. They've given two hard declines uh, to to play the defense that seems to be working against the Chiefs. And they've given up 40 points to the Chiefs while no one else has <laughs> in some time. So, um, and the Raiders are getting a lot of flack for their time on the logo. I mean, there was a lot of things that they, they stomped it. They stomped the logo. They stomped the Chiefs logo. Mitchell Swartz, uh, former Chief, posted that. They stomped it. I, there was no stomping, though. Chris Berman on Fastest Three Minutes called it congregating. <laughs> they congregated on the logo. I mean, it appears to have meant something to the Chiefs, so Raiders, don't do that. Uh, and then last loser is, is Urban Meyer and Jacksonville. I don't know how much longer we get to talk about Urban Meyer. Haven't talked about him much, but just he, he is just such a jerk. He is such an unaccountable jerk, and, and I don't know if the reports are true. I, I mean, I obviously don't know that, but they're coming from somewhere. Marvin Jones left so frustrated that he, he couldn't even be at the facility. Urban Meyer's asking the assistant coaches to defend their resumes because he has a great resume and they must be the reason he's losing. You know, th- that rings kind of true with me based on his uh, facial expressions. Again, playing TV psychologist uh, and the James Robinson thing that has the most concerning tone to me because so the James Robinson thing is not uh, not this game, not this loss to the Titans, but the the last loss uh, to the Rams that James Robinson uh, fumbled and urban Meyer punished him by putting him on the sideline and benching him, uh, until Trevor Lawrence asked about it. And then they put him in and Meyer says he, he didn't take him out, but all the reports say he did. Meyer was trying to punish James Robinson, but he can't admit it. He can't say that is what he's doing. And then Lawrence doesn't even ask to put him back in. 
Lawrence just asks, what what is happening with James Robinson? And Urban Meyer just collapses, spineless, like, oh, I I don't know. I don't know. We better get him back in there. That's concerning. That's just weird. That's not a leader. That is not a leader. Um, So Urban Meyer uh, should be fired. in my opinion if the reports are true all right muckle tail football show we are going to be back on thursday great game between justin herbert and pat mahomes the chiefs chargers rivalry you'll want to tune into that and then tune into this podcast thank you for all tuning in and good night Thank you.